Hello and welcome back to the Loyal Sons podcast. That's at the Loyal Sons on Twitter. Follow us there and follow us here for Pittsburgh's content you won't want to miss. If you love top 15 finishes and hate the months of January through August, this is the place for you. The Loyal Sons Podcast, a safe, sunshiny place for your pit athletics fix. Today is Thursday, January 13th, 2022, and it's all over. What a ride. Don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. Pit season ended on December 30th with a loss to Michigan State in the Peach Bowl. Uh, we would have brought you coverage on that, but last week, instead of recording an episode, one of our organs exploded and it was a whole big mess and, and we had to miss out. So so way to go, guys. No one's faced more adversity than our podcast. I had COVID last week, too, so yeah. we were all battling through it. You had COVID. I had an appendectomy. Uh, it seems like we're... We're battling it a little bit. So we're a little bit late on the uh, Peach Bowl, and we won't beat that into the ground because, one, I don't think anyone cares about the outcome of that game, uh, and, two, it was quite some time ago. So real quick, um, Pitt lost to Michigan State. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's all there is to it. Um, I, th- I think everyone came away from that game feeling like, you know, Obviously, if Kenny Pickett had played, you know we we would have beat Michigan State by forty. Would um, beat the brakes off. <laughs> but but if Nick Patty would have played, we would have just beat them by like twenty. So um, if he would have played past you know the second drive of the game, but um, valiant effort. Honestly, I, th- I think winning that game would have been one of the more impressive feats I've seen with you know Davis Bevel quarterback in the team. Good effort by him. Almost was a hero. Then he wasn't. But. Um, it was definitely cool to see Pitt play on that big of a stage. It was so frustrating getting just a small taste of what Nick Patty can do and what he can bring to the table. Uh, he had the one really good touchdown drive capped off by his uh, broken collarbone touchdown. I would have loved to see what he did over the course of a game, and that would have made this offseason a lot more interesting if we saw a full game of a really good Nick Patty. Uh, the, the debate, the you got a real debates, competition. Yeah, the quarterback controversy going into into fall would have been unreal. If it still might be. We still don't know how good Nick Patty is. Patty looked good when he was in there. Yeah, yeah. I. It was it was a little disheartening because you always hear Bevel's name in that like young quarterback mix to see what the offense became when he took over for Patty. Uh, I really don't think that bodes well for confidence in him going forward or his future at Pitt. Uh, But it was pretty clear that they were not running the same, even remotely the same playbook, the same offense with Bevel in as even having Patty in. Uh, So that's that. But our 2021 starting quarterback didn't play in that game. Our 2022 starting quarterback didn't play in that game, more than likely. Uh, I... I'm not too upset, but Michigan. But the State, crazy part is, almost every other starter in that game will be back. We're going to be bringing back a lot of dudes. That's true, but the the one missing piece, of course, was any sort of vertical threat. And uh, I don't know. I just wasn't glad I made the trip down, but uh, you know, don't really care so much one way or another for the result of that game. But one thing I do 
care about from that game. Mercedes-Benz Stadium is the coolest building I've ever been in. It is a spaceship. <laughs> a spaceship that you can buy $1.50 hot dogs in. Yeah, the, uh, Arthur Blank's kind of a G for that. I got three hot dogs for under $5. I don't know if I could do that at Cheats. Glizzy Gobbler. It was, it was incredible. Uh, the, the stadium was a great experience. Um, unfortunately, my co-host could not join the group of us that uh, represented Pitt in Atlanta. Um, but let me tell you, as far as Atlanta goes, didn't miss much. I didn't hear great uh, reviews from you guys or, or most of the others down there. The The first thing I saw in that city, and we stayed near like Olympic Park where it's it was like clearly an area that is an attraction for the city. Uh, the first thing I saw upon entrance to Atlanta were three kids on spin scooters uh, mugging an old man. And I, I literally mean that's the first thing I saw. I Like, it was in step between the airport and my hotel room, like, as I was walking into the hotel. And uh, so I, I helped file a police report before I set foot in my hotel room and set my bag down. So, trip started off with a bang. Trip started off with a bang. Um, Would you have traded places for that old man if it meant that Pitt won the game? Oh yeah, I could have crushed those three kids. They were not big. They're. I, I sized them up and I was like, okay, there's a reason they they went after an old dude. But yeah, it, wherever you are, I, I hope you're still doing well from that. Um, Wait, did they mug a Pitt fan? No. Oh, no, but the the guy who was with me when we rushed to see if the guy was okay and call the police happened to just be a Carnegie Mellon grad. Just walk. He wasn't even there for the pit game. Just walking down the street. So, so a little bit of Pittsburgh everywhere. Um, but yeah, Atlanta. It was it was cool to see all the the Olympic areas and the college football uh, Hall of Fame was Valhalla for me. Um, a lot of great pit representation there. Very cool. Uh, museum, but um, a, a a trip and a game that I I think we're ready to move on from. So why don't we why don't we do just that? Patty gonna try and do it himself. He does close. No sing touchdown. Oh! They gave it to him. Patty showing a burst of speed to score the touchdown. To celebrate the Pittsburgh Panthers' historic 2021 season, uh, we want to rehash some of the best memories that we have lived since the beginning of September. So we'd like to treat you guys with a Mount Washington of 2021 football season moments. Gentlemen, we understand the rules of this contest. Who's going first? I, th- I think your your recent uh, appendix issue should probably. You, I'll grant you first pick. Wow, That's... Squid, do you do you oblige? I'll give him that. Um, it's quite kind of you guys. I'm kind of really didn't want first, but <laughs> um, if you're doing it out of the kindness of your own hearts, I'd feel it's the least we could do. I'd feel bad. Uh, 
the yeah. least we could do is two guys who also didn't want the first pick. So Wow, thank um, you. Let's go ahead. Uh, let's see. I had COVID more recently than you, so that means I should go second. So I beat you by a week. Did you get pretty sick? Uh, no, oh, not really. I was I just, pretty sick. I don't know. Whatever, you can have to. Yeah. Are we really basing this off of uh, medical issues? Who has faced the most adversity? <laughs> We're going to reward them. Who's in the worst health? That is a very old person way to decide this, but here we are, I guess. Here we are. Yeah, next year I'm going to get my hip replaced and... That would be the first pick <laughs> of uh, the best Keaton Slovis moments. Kind of like how people plan their vasectomies around March Madness. You're going to plan like a major medical operation so that next year you can get the first pick of the 2022 best moments. Yeah, because there's going to be even more. That's fair. But okay. We're going to be playing an extra game. Anyway, let's go. <laughs> so... Uh, uh, this is kind of a tough one um, but I, I think I have some good rationale behind it uh, I would say Kenny at the Heisman ceremony was the top moment of the year and I would say that because it was even though he came in third even though there were other contestants there it was it was you know all about him it was all about Kenny and everything that he's accomplished this year and everything he's accomplished the last four years. And really, the successes that we had this past season, it's about Kenny Pickett. Uh, and, you know, they're a team, but as Pitt fans, it, this was our opportunity to celebrate Kenny Pickett, who did things for this program that no one has done in 40 or 50 years. So when he got his time in the sun, you know, for all of the accolades that this team won this year, I think I think that felt the biggest from a fan perspective. I think that's fair. Um, for all the reasons you said. And put, put Pitt on the national stage and, you know, the season that they were most in the national spotlight. Um, and that was really just kind of like the icing on the cake for the big ceremony in New York. I can't argue with that pick. It's a good pick. I like it because... Every other college football fan watching had to just shut up and watch Kenny Pickett for 20 minutes. And therefore... You can't ignore him. Therefore, look at those gorgeous yep. royal blue and yellow uniforms. We told you so. And and have the pit brand shoved in their face for a full hour. All right. So I, number two? I already regret my pick, but go ahead, John. It's <laughs> a good pick. I'm just going with... Uh, Another Kenny Pickett moment, the fake slide. A moment that will go down in Pitt history. Probably one of the more iconic moments in Pitt history. I mean, it changed college football forever. It did. You got a rule change. Uh, Yeah. You won't be able to see Kenny Pickett for the rest of his career. There's a long NFL career without the fake slide being mentioned. Yeah, and I've already, I've heard there's already talks of actually uh, just putting up a bronze statue outside Heinz Field, and obviously they're going to use the fake slide. So mm-hmm. that that's confirmed reports. You can you can go to the, go to Twitter World with it. I thought we weren't breaking news anymore. Well, I just did. Wow. Heard it here first. Um, yeah, I mean, fake slide. 
most iconic play at this point. It's very fitting too that the most iconic play of Kenny's career came in the last game in such like a ridiculous way. Like it wasn't just like a rollout big touchdown pass. Well, like, yeah, our last Mount Washington before this one was best Kenny Pickett plays. Yeah, best right? Kenny Pickett moments, and I think that and that was and I was what uh, happened. And I was very conscious to uh, not make this list just that list, although it very quickly could turn into that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I think the couple of the ones we named on that were like Pit Special and the Pylon, but that moment didn't really happen this year, it felt like. I mean, obviously the season as a whole, but it was just perfect that in the last game, Kenny got his signature moment. Absolutely. Should have been a seismic moment, but I digress. Bryce Young played pretty well last night. Yeah, he looks he looks great without uh, two NFL guys yeah. catching passes for him. I mean, it was hard. He only had three future first-rounders playing for him in the second half. It almost like it proved our point, mm-hmm. or the point of anyone that pushed Kenny Pickett for Heisman, that, you know, all things equal. I don't think he's Kenny Pickett. Or at least is not this year. Bama wins the game with Kenny Pickett playing quarterback, regardless. All right, next pick. I'm going to go, so, you know, you guys put me in a tough spot here, and it almost it almost doesn't feel right. And, I, you know, I think there's some other ones I could go with here, but because it is, you know, all Kenny first round here, you guys went with two Kenny picks, I think I'm going to go with a Kenny Pickett. Uh, moment myself, and then I might move move on the turnaround. But I'm gonna go with uh, post Clemson game, mm. big win, biggest <clears throat> game at Heinz Field in many years. Kenny Pickett iconically says, I'm "Gonna go have a cold one." Um, that's my moment. Uh, on top of it being one of the most badass quotes a college football player has ever given in an interview, um, it was. Just, Basically, the cherry on top of the biggest game at Heinz Field, the game that you circled on the calendar all year, and, I mean, one of the most fun, most electrifying days I've ever had as a Pitt fan was yeah. being on the North Shore for Pitt-Clemson, like, nervous as hell for this game, and um, for Kenny to just sum it up that way, it just, that you couldn't beat it. Something relevant. Uh, the national champions did not surpass 300 total yards on the Clemson Tigers. Pitt had over 400. Throwing it out there. That's John Statchecker Cotton right there. It's the first thing I did after Georgia won. <laughs> <laughs> See how we can be better than them. No, it, it, one of the biggest home games in, in Pitt history for sure. What else you got for us, Dill? Oh, so. I'm going to go non-picket here. Um, you know, great, great choices all around, but I'm going to go with another um, one of our favorite players, friend of the pod, Jordan Addison's game-clinching touchdown against UVA, the Coastal Division-clinching touchdown against UVA. Uh, Kenny doesn't make a great throw, but trusts his guy, throws it his direction. Addison comes up, rips it out of the defender's hands, Scampers 30, 40 yards for a touchdown. And that was the exclamation point on the season. That was the last game in Heinz Field in 2021. And, um, you know, it, it short, assured us a shot to Charlotte. You know, we had another regular season game. But 
at that point, it was, you know, the Syracuse game was to get to 10 wins, but this was to get us to Charlotte. So that play, um, and just capping off a game where he had four touchdowns, and such a big week for him because he was, you know, on the pod earlier in the week. So that was, yeah. you know, that was just really big for Jordan. Honestly, um, that touchdown was probably the second most important thing right. that he did that week. Right, yep. exactly. Easily. So um, that's my pick. That's a pretty good pick. Okay. Man. This is tough. I thought I was going to go away from Pickett with my next pick, but uh, i got to stick with them. I'm going Pickett to crawl against the UNC when the heavens were pouring on us. Yep. Uh, in hindsight... It is crazy that game was so close. UNC had a bad year, and they shut us out in the second half. If we lost that, that would have been absolutely demoralizing. I think um, you know that in the Addison player probably tie for like the play that had the most. I was most tense for, yeah. and then yeah. celebrated the most. I See, mean. if you don't get it, you're in trouble. Yeah, there are definitely moments I remember as a fan. The most vividly, like I know exactly what I was doing for both of those plays, and they were they were essentially walk off touchdowns. Yeah, everything about that was iconic. Night game, Thursday night, national TV, rain pouring, overtime. We'll pick it to crawl. Lucas Crawl coming off to the sidelines, screaming like a madman. Yeah, saying I'm like that. I mean, that'll be. I mean, the biggest play of Crawl's career, and. Um, you know, Carl was a, a pit man. Only came here for two years, but what a pit man. What a representative. Glad he got to be the honorary cop, captain in the Peach Bowl because that's a dude who, ever since he got to pit, just loved pit and, and spit all about it. And it's been all about it. So um, thank you, Lucas Carl. So I can't believe this one fell to me, actually. Um, I'm pretty pumped about it. But uh, Hallett's pick six. Eric Hallett's pick six to clinch the literal ACC championship is about as big as it gets. Yeah, I think uh, that was it was between that and the Addison touchdown for me. But yeah, that's it was. It's a lot less life or death than I think a couple of the uh, couple of our choices thus far because we are still running away with that game. But as a moment in which you know you're you're looking at the the TV or at the play unfold and it's the first true moment of realization where you say we just won the Atlantic Coast Conference and it's over and there's like there's no clawing back from this that moment where it, it first dawns on you that was something pretty special I almost took the entire fourth quarter of that game as my moment if that was allowed by the committee just because it felt like it was a celebration the whole time we were winning, we knew it was over, and we could just sit back, relax, and soak it all in for the last 15 minutes. Yeah, to be clear, that was not permitted by the committee, so I'm glad you didn't pick that. Yeah, okay. But, um, okay. But you would have gotten shelled. I would have then narrowed it down to Eric Hallett's pick six, but... But you didn't, so... I didn't. Well, honestly, if... If that's not going to pass the committee, there's no way mine is, but I'm... I'm going for it anyway. I'm the, I'm the most medically impaired right now. Therefore, 
you know, we yield to me, so... You got your pick, so there will be no mercy given, but go ahead. Alright, whatever. Um, October 16th through 30th. <laughs> no. <laughs> Next. May I explain? Yeah, you can explain if you don't get it. Okay, uh, that was the brief but beautiful 14-day period where the national media and Pitt fan base convinced itself that Pitt had a shot, at, a legitimate shot at the playoffs this year. Okay, actually, I will give you that. I think really? That, yeah. Thank you. Okay, so this, if you're going that route, I'll allow it. We'll this this was the two weeks getting phrased as uh, playoff hype. This is the two weeks after we smothered Virginia Tech to the day leading up to losing to Miami. There was we we beat Virginia Tech, we handled Clemson, and there were legitimate conversations. You can you can run back a couple episodes and find those legitimate conversations that the Pitt Panthers. We're going to represent the ACC in the college football playoff. It said, hey, all they could win all of their games. You know, they lost to Western Michigan, which is unlike anything a playoff contender has ever done. But if you look at their schedule and the way they're starting to pick up here, we could be talking about a 12-1 pit team at that four spot. And all of us deep, deep down knew it wasn't going to happen. But there were numbers and statistics that made my brain think that it could. We had like a 20% chance of making the playoff at one point. Yeah, the, our chances weren't particularly low either. It wasn't like, oh, Pitt has a 3% chance. Yeah. It was like, oh, like 23 <laughs> with, with like five games left. So, like, well, <laughs> And then you extrapolate that math to, okay, and if they win out, mm-hmm. pitch straight up in. So taking that out. Pitt doesn't lose. Just imagine a world Pitt doesn't lose to Miami and they do win out. Do you think they get in the playoff? Because I, no, I don't I do think not. so. Yeah, I mean, I don't think they get in over thirteen of Cincinnati. Which honestly makes me feel at ease a little bit. It, it allows me to reach matter. peace. We didn't care. I can achieve peace now because I know that it didn't matter. However, if you flip that and our only loss was to a hot Miami team and we finish the job against Western Michigan, I do think that team has a pretty decent chance of hopping Cincinnati. That Western Michigan loss was a huge hamper to our season. I think if we beat them and lose to Miami, we were the ones getting our shit kicked in by Alabama on New Year's Eve. Well, we would have won, but we would have done against Georgia's uh, up for debate. But good pick. I don't know if you're going... Thank you. I don't know if it was going to go that route. We were walking on sunshine for 14 days, and I'll remember it forever. I also let you have that pick because I did not think this pick would get back to me. It was between this one and the crawl touchdown, uh, and it fell to me because I'm a brilliant GM. Um, I'm taking the... Servasia Dennis shovel pass pick six. Damn it. Yeah, that was right up. That, that was, was right next up on my list. <laughs> Crazy play, which is deserves beyond it for that reason alone, but it was also in the moment where I think a lot of us realized, oh my gosh, we're going to win this game, or we could win this game. Pitt pulled ahead after a slow start. We had the lead, but that put us up even more in the second half. And that combined with us just kind of shutting down 
Clemson's offense made you think, as long as we don't go full pit, we can't blow this. Yeah, I mean, that was really the iconic play for that for yeah. that game. Um, you know, Addison had a big touchdown early in the game. Great throw, great great throw and catch. Um, and that's showed up on a lot of highlights. But and Kenny sealed it with those two uh, first down runs on third and long. Right, right, 100%. But the the pick six on the shovel pass was, like, the perfect combination of, like, big, big time, like, big momentum swinging play as well as it was just a sweet play. Exactly. You know? So, um yeah, that was that's definitely one of the first five plays that come to mind when I think about this season. Great value pick by me. Steelers <laughs> should hire me. It's their next GM. All right, um, so I get my last two here, and there's there's been so many great moments from this season that I feel like I'm going to leave one out or leave one on the board. But I both these moments I'm going to go with uh, are so, are so great to me that I don't even care. Um, so I'm going to go with. First, and this might be you know more of a personal excitement one, but I don't want recency bias to get in the way of this of this you know selection process. Um, the fourth down stop against Tennessee down on the one yard line, mm. um, fourth and one. My actually it wasn't on the one yard line, but either way, fourth and one down down near the goal line, and uh, Johnny Petrushin and Chase Pine both come off the edge and make a play, and really that you know. Felt like at that point, Pitt was about to pit and blow blow a lead, and instead um, they turn it over. You know, Tennessee got the ball back, and Brandon Hill made a big play late to clinch the game. Um, then they ran it out, but that play really was step up. You know, as as Voss would say later in the season, drop your nuts. I, I would say that was the original drop your nuts play Absolutely. of the season, mm-hmm. um, and that was just you know at that point probably the biggest play of the game up to that point, and. Um, you know, walking out of Tennessee victorious was was maybe the best feeling of this season. Nah, that's not true. But one of the, you know, this season has been full of emotion, and walking out of Knoxville with a win was great. It's funny. Any other year, that Tennessee win might be the biggest win of the season by far. And right now, you probably argue it was like the fourth, which is not a knock yeah. to how crazy and epic that game was. It just. We're so good, and we beat all these good teams in crazy fashion. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and now that we know that that team is actually good, it adds a little bit of weight to that situation. Definitely. Yeah, Tennessee came on. I mean, at the beginning of the year, Tennessee, it was like winning by seven at Tennessee was kind of looked at as like, ah, eh, that's really not that good. I mean, it was good that we went into SEC Stadium, won the game, but at the point it was like, Tennessee's not very good. Like, Pitt should have won that game. And by the end of the year, it kind of did look like a good win. And they kind of look like the team is going to be pretty good when they come to Heinz Field next year. We don't need to worry about that yet, but it's it's similar to our situation with Clemson. That is the number 14 team in the country that we controlled the entire game. Right. Yeah. Clemson, I mean, didn't lose after they played Pitt. Down year for Clemson. 10 wins. Big win for Pitt. I don't care what people say. Yeah, that one was huge. I just wish they could have been ranked 14 when we when we beat them. We're not going to get into another pool discussion because can't do it right now. Oh, no. We're in the height of way too early 2022 uh, rankings, and it's got everyone riled up. But we are not. We are not giving that the time of day. So All next right. pick. All right. For my last pick... Um, 
kind of a sentimental, like, soft pick here, but I'm just going to go with the, the opening kick against UMass. And for that, the reason for that being is we had a full year of football where we weren't allowed in stadiums. We couldn't tailgate. We had to watch games. You know, we were watching games set up on a, on a TV, on a back deck, uh, up in Mount Washington most of the year. And to be back in Heinz Field for, for Kenny Pickett's last ride, for a season that had so much promise but so much uncertainty, and to, then to see how it turned out, um, in hindsight, you know, that first game in Heinz Field might not get me many, many votes on, on our Twitter poll or anything like that, but um, the home opener against UMass was great. Uh, being back on the North Shore was great, and the, and the overall just significance of being back was was amazing. I th- I think you know I'm, I'm gonna out of the kindness of my own heart give you a little PR tweaking there when we put it in the graph, make it uh, first game back in the stands because opening kickoff you you had lost me at the opening <laughs> kickoff against UMass and you you got me back, but you know yeah I guess I guess earlier we were saying you couldn't just say like a game. But then we gave you two weeks and, <laughs> and uh, two, like, 14-day stretch. Um, but, okay, yeah, first game back in the stands. Let's go with that. There we go. If I lose this poll because of that, I'm going to be furious. I'm going to blame it on that, and I'm going to take credit for the victory. All of my Twitter bot accounts are going to vote for me anyway, so don't get your hopes up. Stop the count. Uh... <laughs> uh, uh it was a big year. I know I you know. got some other things on that list. I kind of want to go off the wall, but... Go ahead. What's stopping you? I don't have one. You don't have to stay. I have up. too many actual awesome plays. I was going to say, you don't have to save your job here. No. They don't listen. No one <laughs> likes Pitt there. Uh, okay. I'm just going pick it to Mac, Clemson. Fourth down, tie game, half closing in. At that point, the game was still up for grabs. We didn't come out of the gates too hot. That's the play if they don't convert. I mean, you you don't know how that game plays out. And the best part of that was you can even hear it when you rewatch the game on YouTube or TV. Uh, The ball is in the air. It's like not even on the way down yet, and the crowd erupts because they all turn their heads. They see how wide open he is. Matt catches it, walks into the end zone. A triumphant moment for Pitt fans, having the lead against Clemson. That was just like a and surreal. We didn't back. It was a surreal moment because it was like, oh my gosh, he is so open. And it was also there was also a, a moment of, uh, oh, we can do this to anybody, right? When when you saw him streaking that open. And Kenny throwing a dime, and we had just done it to a bunch of terrible teams all year. Yeah, it was like against Georgia Tech, they were just airing it out, deep yeah. ball after deep ball. I was like, all right, Georgia Tech must be terrible, which they were. Let's not get that confused. But They're worse than we even thought they were. Oh, they were so bad. But, no, I agree. It was, it was like, wow, this is a real, real offense. They're really, really good. And, yeah, uh, great pick. That was a great pick, Squid. Finding out that you're good is the most enjoyable part of a football season. Like, that that surprise and that slow progression of like, oh wait, no, we're actually like, 
a very good football team. All right, side quest. What, what was that moment for you? Is that your moment? Is that your moment? I don't know if it was the Tennessee game. I think the Tennessee game was big because if we lost that, we're like, well, here we go again. Another underwhelming season. But the fact that we won that and we looked good, Pickett looked good, at that moment I thought this could be a better season than we expect. Clemson was probably the, oh yeah, we're going to win a lot of football games. I think there are little traces of it everywhere. Um, I, I could agree with that. And I have a, I have a hard time admitting to this one because in hindsight it meant nothing uh, but I definitely thought Georgia Tech was pretty decent and when we kicked their heads off I started feeling pretty good and then when we I think it really turned when we thought Virginia Tech was actual good right because they almost beat Notre Dame the week before almost beat Notre Dame Um, they Played really well against North Carolina when North Carolina was number two. We didn't realize yet at this point that North Carolina was also really bad. Uh, so for us to really pile it on top of uh, Virginia Tech and then and then strangle them to death in the second half was like, oh, okay. I would say that was... I, I like both of those. I feel like the biggest jump for me was like the Georgia Tech game because Georgia Tech game, I was like, we're coming off... Of, the loss, as as we will refer to it, the okay. lost TM. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it was like, okay, at this point, like the goal was win the coastal, and Georgia Tech had just beat UNC, who at that point we also thought was good, and you know, that you know, because early in the season we know nothing about teams, but they get ranked a certain way. Yeah. Um. So weird. Georgia Tech just beat UNC, and we're like, okay, Georgia Tech might this might be like a game that decides the coastal, and we just blow the brakes off them. I'm, there were I'm people like, in our friend group who were betting on Georgia Tech. Yeah, that's unacceptable. Fools. Absolute fools. That's where we were. But, yeah, so like I'm saying there, it's like, okay, Georgia Tech, probably not that good, but we just beat the piss out of a coastal team. And then the next week, to go into Virginia Tech, and really, it felt like not play all that well. Um, at that point, we still felt like we probably had to throw the ball, and the running game wasn't going to be an option. And then to run the ball the way we did, it was like, okay, this team can win a different, a few different ways. Mm-hmm. So those were huge two weeks for us. We've completely gone off the, the discussion of this Mount Washington, but I, th- I thought that was, a, that was pretty with, important. With one to pick to spare, yeah. With one pick, yeah. All right, Mr. Irrelevant. And with that final pick, I will take uh, Jordan Addison winning the Bolitnikoff. Yeah. Mm. Another one I'm surprised fell to me. Uh, just a huge moment for Pitt Athletics. Uh, we've only won it two other times with Larry Fitzgerald and Tony O'Brien, uh, and you know one of one of the biggest awards in football, and and one that is growing in relevance with each passing year as teams you know continue to rely on the the pass more and more. Uh, beat out you know guys from Alabama, uh, beat out guys from Ohio State. Um, just a, a crowning achievement for this year and, and for someone who really deserved it and came in a three-star and made an instant impact and next in the line of pit standouts in the NFL. Yeah, and the best part about it was 
with, with Jordan, like they're really, I mean, they're like delusional Penn State fans out there who thought just Jahan Dotson should have won it. Um, but outside of that, like it was like pretty consensus. Like Jordan Addison is the Blitnikoff winner. He had, look at his numbers. Look at the competition he's done against. Look how consistent he's been. Um, yeah, he was he was unbelievable this year, and it's crazy that he has to come back next year because he's only been in college for two years. Um, absolute stud should have been a should have been a unanimous All American, um, but the college football coaches or whatever uh, irrelevant voting system didn't name him on their first team. They they took Chris Olave, who I think was like third in his team in receiving yards. Whatever, but. Uh, Jordan Addison, un- unbelievable year, and if it weren't for Kenny Pickett putting together like the most impressive season by a pick quarterback we've ever seen, including uh, Dan Marino, uh, Jordan Addison is is the face of this team and this program right now. So we're going to be relying on him going forward. Yeah, and uh, he's got some help too. Apparently, Kanata Mumfield, Keaton Slovis. It's going to be it's going to be fun, but we have. Quite a few months to get into that. Uh, what I want right now is you guys to empty your notebooks. What got left off? So this is one I was actually going to use, and then I decided it was, you know, I, I was already using another one from the Tennessee game, um, and it would be a good discussion point. The pit takeover in Knoxville, specifically at Tommy Trent's, although not associated with the actual football playing by this team, it was... The biggest, I, I don't, I don't know if I'll ever experience something like that as a fan again. It was like it, it was, was the, absolute electricity. It was the biggest collection of pit fans I've ever seen outside of a stadium. I don't know how I can phrase this so it would be legal, but that makes me want to take celebrating the ACC championship with the picket cutout. <laughs> Just leaving the stadium with the picket cutout after what it had been through, getting pictures with fans. Everyone just on top of the world was surreal. Side note, we just put on the Pitt-Syracuse basketball game. Um, so, I bet under 64.5 points for Pitt. There's no way they score more than that against this 2-3 zone. If you um, hear any uh, thuds in the background, that's me breaking uh, David's chair because Buddy Bayham just made a contested three. So, be on alert. Alright, that's enough basketball talk for this year-end football podcast. And I was talking basketball, right? Yeah. And we were, we were wondering how we were going to bring up the Pitt basketball team. Uh, I think that will suffice. They won their conference game. They they just got their 60 seconds. Um, but yeah, no, uh, Dill, that's a really good one. Because I think enough of our listenership was present that that is a shared experience. Um, so I, I also... When they... When Pitt lit up the U.S. Steel building... Uh, Pickett to Heisman, yeah. Heisman to Pickett. Uh, that was that was a really cool moment. There was a lot of anticipation building up to it, and while I thought it was going to be something, I don't, I don't know, like an on-campus stadium, an on-campus stadium. Well, I didn't delude myself that far, but I thought they were going to. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I thought, but my hopes were way up there, and it was still pretty cool in hindsight. Um, and that was just a cool moment because every Pitt fan in the city limits was looking out their window. I'm mad I forgot that one. It's been my lock screen ever since that day, so not great awareness on my part to leave that off my list. My other honorable mentions are 
Brandon Hill's interception against Tennessee. Mm-hmm. Dylan kind of touched on that one, so I don't want to take one of those. Basically, yeah, you, you took that off of my list. Uh, I thought right. Jordan Addison's right. touchdown against New Hampshire, uh, the video game touchdown where he made like seven guys miss, or at one point there were like eight guys within an eight-yard radius of him. Yeah, in terms of just absurd plays, that has yeah. to be. That, that was the number one highlight. But when you look closely, you realize that some of those guys like wouldn't start on a lot of high school teams, maybe. Uh, so yeah, right. I won't put it on the list, but it's still it deserve, one it of deserves the most epic plays. And then a uh, sneaky pick I almost threw in there because it did happen during the season. Keaton Slovis commits to Pitt. All right. I, I, thought about, I thought about swinging that as well. Enough too. good things happened this year that I didn't want to waste to pick on something that won't make an impact until next year. But I hear you. Um, another one that I don't think we said, correct me if I'm wrong, but Kenny Pickett breaking the all-time passing record. He broke too many records. Right? I don't know which one to pick. Yeah. I, I think we're all on the same page there. I went. I even specified passing yards, but then I had to think back to like when he did it exactly. And it was, on, it was on a big pass play deep against UNC to Jordan Addison. Mm. Um, but it was like almost kind of un... un like anticlimactic because it was just like in the middle of a drive in the second quarter or so. So the stadium didn't really get to give him the, you know, the applause and the recognition that he deserved at that point. Um, but yeah, I think him breaking literally every record kind of kind of diluted that one a little bit. A little bit. And I had, I had two Izzy-related ones. Um, his complete takeover of the Virginia Tech game because apparently that was the game that all of us realized Pitt was good uh, and for us to do it, you know, another way and not just ride Kenny into the sunset and, you know, keep that game uh, going as a shootout. We were able to uh, run the ball with a guy that I know we wanted to see a lot more of this season. And, you know, it it gives us hope rolling into next season. You know, the one game where they really let uh, Izzy take over, he did. Right, 140 yards. That was great, and the kick return against Virginia. That was electric. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is is he? Um, I th- that's like the one point of the season that I think like just left us like wanting more. Yes, was to see how he could be used as a feature back. Um, and I do think that we would have seen more of that in the Peach Bowl because they came out and it looked like they were going to make a point to get it to him early and often. Uh, I'm excited for next year to see him go for like. 25 carries, a buck 60 against West Virginia in the opener. Yeah, we're going to stomp those clowns. Are we leaving any out? Because I feel like we're going to get absolutely roasted if we leave something big out. I mean, so many things happened this year, but... Uh, the first episode of the Loyal Sons podcast. That, that's got to be up there. That will, you know, echo for eternity in pit athletics. Maybe the Elijah Zeiss interview of the Loyal Sons <laughs> podcast. Uh, the one... The, the drunk one or the sober one? Have we dropped the, the first one? We, the one we, in Knoxville? We played the story that he told. Uh, so so just one time that he talked shit at Pitt. But that, we're, we're stu- we still have that... Uh, uh, in the back pocket. Little yeah, bonus we, we episode? We still have uh, that little bonus episode. And you know maybe on a rainy day in March, we'll sneak that one out. A little Another treat for mention. people in the offseason. Uh, one of the best moments of the season was whatever my Please Win shirt came to mail. It was pretty big. So, we yeah, have a lot of other shirts, right? Uh, in the works. <laughs> we'll make them eventually. 
So yeah, I, you know, overall, great moments. The thing is, like in past seasons, it would have been tough to come up with like twelve good moments of these, and I, I think we could probably sit here for another hour and, and rattle off forty more uh, things we experienced during this season. It was just such a special season. Want to just cancel all of our remaining segments and do that? Just just have a candid <laughs> candid discussion about how cool everything was this year. Hey, remember when <laughs> we got up at? 6 a.m. to tailgate the Clemson game. Hey, we could probably do that for another hour. What a year. Under pressure, stepping up, running and sacked. It came out! A scoop and score! Room service, Cam Bright! Seat check. Time for a year-end seat check. If you forgot about this one, we haven't done it in a while. Which um, is a very good sign. Well, we give the temperature on the coach's seats, 100 being Mike Haywood after he beat his wife, and zero being Wani after beating West Virginia, and maybe Coach Narduzzi after beating Wake Forest? I don't know. Let's see. What do we think? I think I have to go with zero. You know, I, I think, I don't know if you're joking or not, but you win an ACC championship, you get as much time as you need. Especially when it's a program that's not particularly accustomed to success in this millennium. Uh, I, I really think Narduzzi just cemented this job as his as long as he wants it. Yeah, his job security is... It's got to be a zero. Seat's got to be freezing cold. Put it in the... Uh, I mean, put it this way. Ice chamber. He was in articles as potential candidates to the Notre Dame job. Once uh, Brian Kelly left. Which would have been hysterical. Could you imagine Notre Dame's fan base dealing with Narduzzi? Oh, they would hate him. I can't imagine like 95% of schools dealing with Narduzzi. We're a special breed. But yeah, I would have been very, very happy with the Coastal Championship. Let alone an ACC Championship. So I I have to go single digits. I'm going to go... You know, I'm going to go zero. Because he's recruiting too. Might be like a negative five. We might be working with negatives here. Yeah. I mean, Wani went, I mean, don't get me wrong, 13 and 9. They went like, what, 3 and 9 that year? Yeah, it wasn't pretty. <laughs> so, Not their best. So, if, if that's going to be our standard here, um, our doozy might be. We're, we're getting into dangerous territories, like, don't go outside unless you absolutely have to. Yeah. I mean, Narduzzi doesn't have an offensive coordinator. We brought in uh, Monkfield and Slovis. Dudes, you did it. Are we all in agreement we're at zero, if not negative? I mean, he, we'll tweak the scale for next year to go negative. I don't know what that... I think uh, we just have to retire the segment. <laughs> yeah, oh, this won't be back next year. <laughs> <laughs> if this is back next year, that is uh, such a bad indication for pit football yeah. and its outlook. I'm not gonna, we, might, we might be staring down like some be- pr- pretty big scandals if that's the case. So <laughs> I think I'm, I think we would stop recording this podcast <laughs> before we have to do seat check again. Just if well, what it, if we what if we do seat check for Whipple at Nebraska? Would that be worth it? Yes. I After week one, he's gonna be like a cool night too. I cannot wait. Like I'm so excited to watch Nebraska games next year and simultaneously follow Nebraska fans on Twitter to see their reactions. They're already a pretty miserable bunch. They lose a lot of close games and 
They're they not live good. in Nebraska. They're not good. They think they can be good. They haven't in forever. But it's that weird dynamic, and Mark Whipple is basically jumping onto a sinking ship. So I'm. I'm I don't think that's it. fair. I, I I think Nebraska is. They they showed some backbone this year. I. I think that they're going in the right direction. I oh, oh, oh. <laughs> you see Squid's face. They won three games. <laughs> they they listen. I'm just saying they they played hard, <sighs> and I oh what is this wreck basketball? Like, yeah. Congrats, you played hard. I think most college football analysts would agree that we're going to be looking at a significantly improved Nebraska team next year, especially with Casey Thompson. Uh, so I'm not really ready to call them a Yeah, he'll be good in uh, three years once Whipple gets his uh, system in there and he learns it. And... I'm also not willing to completely shit on Whipple after what he did for us no. this year. I will just, for, purely from the perspective of if I were ex-college football team and I got Mark Whipple as my new offensive coordinator, would I be pleased, you know, from that frame of reference? No. No, I would not. I, I liked what we had at, at Pitt. If I were a program with higher expectations, uh, I, I don't know if I'd survive the first couple years of him getting everything together. Yeah, I mean, Whipple, let's... let's... Thank him for his service. He yes, headlined. admirable. He it's ha- like a, a breakup and you and your girlfriend are still good friends. It's like, all right, it's for the best. We we understand that this can't continue, mm-hmm. but, you know, still admire you as a person. And laugh when you mess up. And, and secretly hope that your next relationship isn't as good looking or cool and, or fun as us. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that, and I that you've got bangs so that I know that you're struggling. <laughs> right. Exactly. Mark Whipple's gonna have bangs next year. <laughs> Mark Whipple's gonna lose weight and get a brand new tattoo. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So Whipple, like I said, I'm looking forward to see how Nebraska fans react. I really, really hope we get like meltdowns on Twitter. Um, but, it's always fun when it's not us. But yeah, his his seat check at at Nebraska got to be like got to be like a ninety after week one because they're not going to be happy. I, I they're not going to instill that offense immediately, and they're not going to be happy. They're not playing Penn State, so that's a letdown. I was hoping he could. If he beats Penn State, that does count as a well, win for Pitt. Yes. They're not going to the Big Ten championship and facing each other next year, so don't hold your breath. Well, in subsequent years, when they play, and if Mark Whipple beats Penn State, that counts as a win for Pitt. I don't care what I say about Mark Whipple between this moment and that day. It doesn't matter. It's a win for Pitt. <coughs> so I guess his seat check is is pretty high right now, having already left the program. Yeah, I mean, well, Scott Frost's seat is actually on fire. He is sitting on a throne that is engulfed in flames. So if he doesn't turn around quick, he'll be gone, thus leading Mark Whipple to be gone. So good luck with that. For the record, I went back and looked at our Week 1 podcast, and we were uh, pretty critical of Pat. He was on the hot seat a little bit. This is a big year for him. At the beginning of the year, my seat check or my seat temperature for Pat Narduzzi was at 42 degrees, which is approaching the danger zone a little bit. Dylan, 
a little warmer, 50 degrees. David, you're the highest, 62 degrees. Yeah, I think I said it was like the average temperature of the Earth and that Pat Narduzzi's status was unknowable. Uh, Except the, by God, yes, you did mention that. The bit was a lot better in my head in hindsight. But the point was, there was some pressure. And uh, boy, yeah. oh boy. There were a lot of question marks coming into this year. I mean, he, he had been coaching us for six years <clears> and <throat> was like considered a huge hire and hadn't produced yet. And, and things were getting uh, a little bit tense. I did not go back to the Western Michigan the Western Michigan game podcast and check the seat check after that one because I don't want to relive that. And also, uh, we were probably very, very wrong, and I don't want to bring that up because I want our listeners to think that we're smart and never wrong. Yeah, that that episode and that week of our life is kind of like Chernobyl. It's not safe to go within 50 miles. Yep. So no one would really call us on the fact that I think every one of us had him over 80 at one point this season. Oh, it was high. It was high. We, we weren't too happy, so. Same old pit. Yeah, same old pit. It is one of those glass, you know, you can make fun of us in hindsight, but it is one of those glass door situations where if Pitt went down a certain route after that game, uh, I think we would be looking for a new head football coach, but instead... We won the conference championship, and that changes your outlook on things a little bit. Yeah, and we're building a statue. Uh, so there's going to be a lot of statues being, being <laughs> I was gonna say, sculpted yeah. outside Heinz Field. The city of Pittsburgh is going to be dishing out a lot of money to local artists. Yeah. So what, what else did we get wrong? What else did we get wrong? Um, for the record, David, you predicted eight wins. I predicted nine regular season wins. Uh, Dylan originally said we would win eight and then win the bowl game to get to nine. But after we talked about Kenny Pickett and how good he was for a while, he changed to ten wins. So congratulations on being the most correct, Dylan. I have no shame in being very wrong there. I'm very happy that I am very wrong there. A couple other uh, quotes that were actually said in the first episode that were wrong were I don't know if this offense can go out and score 40 points and well as to wins every week. We were talking about how good our defense was, but the offense has to step up and carry their weight. Uh, they actually did do that. Uh, we just outscored every team we played. Let's see. The defense probably wasn't as good as we, we had hyped it up to be. The defense made plays this year and I think really came on near the end of the season, but... Early in the year, that that defense is pretty shaky. Listen, 14 games into the year, and I still don't think I have come to a conclusion on the pit defense from this past season. I I don't know if they're good or not. I think they are, and I'm going to talk like they are, but I, I don't know. They're good enough. They were good enough. They won games. Uh, some other notes. David, uh, where you were wrong, you said DJ... Wongale would win the Heisman. <laughs> he did not. No, he did. He didn't really come close. Now, did he? No. But in your defense, he said that we would lose one game between Georgia Tech and Western Michigan, and that we did. So, there are your props. Uh, good. Also, fuck you for being right. Yeah, my bad on that one. We all agreed that Pitt had a pretty good path. 
to 6 and 0. And if we were 6 and 0, we'd be facing Clemson. And they could probably be 6 and 0 as well. And was that possible? Yeah, very possible. But as Pitt fans, we knew it probably wouldn't happen. So we were all in agreement that as much as we would like that to be the case, it would not happen. Uh, the way it did happen where we were ranked and Clemson wasn't ranked it was a curveball. I think we were right with the we had the, this basic concept that you know there were what six games before Clemson, six games before Clemson, and if we could show up to that game with one or zero losses and then beat Clemson, it would set us up for an unbelievable remainder of our season. And we lost one we went into Clemson five and one and then beat them. And I think that was really the jump off point. I mean it was around the moment that we knew we were going to be good, that, you know, this team was able to build some momentum and uh and take it to the ACC championship. Um Obviously, we thought Clemson was going to be top five, right? Oh, but yeah. that doesn't make us any less brilliant. Correct. Another quote that was discussed by us on episode one, this team will go as far as Kenny Pickett takes it. We were right. Oh, we were right. I don't, I don't, I don't know, know if this is what we yeah. expected, but we were right. Kenny Pickett took this team to new heights. This program. I mean, we were high on him, and he really start to finish outperformed our wildest expectations. I was gonna say, as as high as we were on him, and not too many people were as high as we were on Kenny Pickett. Even we, like, I think at the beginning of the year, I remember thinking, like, if he throws like twenty five, thirty touchdowns this year, that would be sick. Like, yeah, be I crazy. remember the bar was if he left the draft last year, he'd be like a 5th to 7th round pick. I was like, hey, have a good year, put up some numbers, maybe we'll get into the 3rd, 4th round range. That'd be pretty cool. Now you just... It's going to be QB1. QB1, maybe top 10. Anytime. I satirically put this on the Sports Illustrated cover before the season. Yeah, for like 4 years. And it happened. <laughs> I saw the future. Every time I see an analyst say like, Kenny Pickett really... You know, elevating his draft stock, having an unbelievable year. Who would have thought I audibly respond to this rhetorical question? I did. Mm -hmm. We knew he had this. I just can't believe he actually did it. It was a long time coming. What else from that first episode, Squid? Or is that it? Um, The one thing I noticed... Uh, our X factors. David's were the O line and Izzy. Pretty good pick. Mine was Crawl. Probably not as high as a lot of other guys on the X factor scale. Dylan chose the defensive backs. Pretty good pick. They, uh, to a certain extent. I mean, a lot of our best wins and I mean our our best wins and our two losses were in very large part decided by. The defensive backfield, so I, I might have to yeah. give Dylan the edge there. The one thing I noticed, not a lot of Jordan Addison talk. I mean, we were obviously high on him, but I don't think anyone expected. Yeah. I really wanted him to break a thousand yards, because I thought if he can build to like a big junior or senior season, that'd be huge. And 
he could honestly jump into the NFL and be in the first round right now. I did not expect that level of uh, development and maturation. Yeah, we. I think I knew Addison was going to be really good, but I mean, Blinnikoff winner like that would have been like, haha, like yeah, that's that's something we joke around about before the yeah. year. Um, but yeah, I think a thousand yards would have been cool, and all ACC pick would have been cool. But instead, he was just the best receiver in the country. Um, unbelievable. We got everything we wished for and more. It was a good year to be a Pitt fan. Even better year to be a Pitt fan podcast. Or maybe not a better year, but I don't know if we could have chosen a better year to start doing this. Yeah, no doubt in my mind we would have quit if <laughs> Pitt had sucked this year. It was funny because at one of our tailgates, we ran into a couple people who listened to our podcast. And uh, it was funny they brought this up. They said whenever we lost to Western Michigan, they were looking forward to tuning in so they could hear our intro because they knew it would be like really depressing and like over the top like the world is ending and I'm like thanks for like being that excited to listen to us but I hope I never have to do it again <laughs> like sort of burst your bubble that uh, was that was a, a weird moment because uh, a college freshman quoted me to me <laughs> and that was kind of weird we've, we've met a lot a lot more people that listen to this than I think we expected uh, I think we've met more people that listen to us than um our listenership metrics say listen to us because uh, there seem to be a lot of you out there um, but nobody has lined up us like lined up to give us a bunch of money um, to to talk about their goods or services so you know must be a weird disparity there but it was a fun year you know to be to be doing this with you guys I'm glad uh, glad we stayed loyal I'm not sure I've been able to handle a six or seven podcasts after a loss. Yeah, no. The the two we did were, like, agonizing. The first one was, like, kind of funny. The second one was, like, agonizing. Like, I, I don't really even want to do this. But but they were our greatest artistic achievements, in my opinion. They were our best work. God gives us toughest battles to the strongest soldiers. Edgar Allan Poe wasn't writing good short stories when he was happy. Uh, but yeah, it was it was great, and honestly, I do appreciate everyone who listened all year. Um, we're not done. I think we're still gonna do some stuff with basketball. Yeah, yeah. and then I mean, with the draft coming up, yeah, okay. interview some people. Yeah, there will be more, but seriously, just the the appreciation we have for people tuning in, people telling us, you know, how much they enjoyed the pod, um, you know, bringing it up to us. That really, like, anytime someone came up to us, was like, "Are you the Little Sons guys?" Or you know, we listen, we like it. Um, made my day because that's, I think that's really the whole point of us doing this was for Pit fans to enjoy more so for our friends to enjoy yeah. but like it branched out to other Pit fans and um, that was the point of this so appreciate you listening kept us doing it uh, I enjoyed it and made me a little more even even closer uh, tied to this Pit season and the Pit community so uh, thank you Pit fans I'll say this the only thing more surprising than the Pitt football team's success this year was our podcast success. Uh, I wasn't sure if we would 
make it through a whole year or how it would turn out but you guys remember we recorded two full episodes that we just said like these were so bad we cannot <laughs> we cannot release them people will never listen to us again we were up against the clock it was like a couple of days before the opener and it's like hey we're gonna record now and if we, it doesn't we, work we physically cannot get one out before the season starts and we finally recorded one passable it was like barely passable it was good enough and wouldn't you know a couple months later, we would be interviewing the Bulletnikov winner. And then the most up-and-coming player on that defensive line. Because yeah. if there's one thing we've learned the last two games, it's that this defense could be built around Dayon Hayes in the next year or two. And it's because he came on the podcast. He had a, a big game after he came on the podcast. So, yeah. Keen Slovis. Come on, man. No, I watch you can see. I mean, if you want to win the Nagurski Trophy, you know where to come. We're just very good luck. And, and you know, I, I think... I, I, you guys completely made that up. Dayon Hayes came on after the ACC Championship. <laughs> the Peach Bowl. The Peach Bowl, we had a big game. He had a big game in the ACC Championship, too. But no, yeah, you're yeah. right. You're right. His biggest game was in the Peach Bowl. Okay, I'll give it to you. Three TFLs. You're welcome, Dayon. And, you know, the, from the beginning, I think this was all about um, growing the Pitt brand. Uh, and, and, you know, growing that followership and in, increasing, you know, fanaticism for this football team and for the athletic department. Uh, and I, I think we saw it grow a lot this year, with or without us, um, having anything to do with it. Uh, and I, it's just my sincere hope that we, as a community, keep this ball rolling and, uh, you know, Come September, when those hoopies from West Virginia come up, we can pack Heinz Field full of uh, the good blue and yellow, and uh, keep this keep this wheel spinning. I'm so damn excited for 2021 20, or 2022 season. So damn excited for the 2022 season. This is gonna be the longest summer ever. If anyone has any. Uh... You know, suggestions of like other hobbies we can take up, uh, other things to take our mind off this, so we don't don't have to scour like Panther Lair for you know maybe cryptic tweets by recruits for seven and a half months. Be really appreciated. We got to figure out something else to do. I can't wait for a Pat Narduzzi emoji tweet to derail my uh, work day in like upcoming months because a recruit visited or something and I just have to know what this means that's all we have in this long long off season we got the spring game spring game to break it up see you all there we're gonna treat the spring game like it's the Super Bowl I mean Patty versus Lovis Clash of the Titans that actually is gonna be super compelling we should make shirts for that Patty versus Lovis it's a great idea. Can we use their names? They can have our money. I don't know. Yeah, it's true. Anyway, <laughs> to conclude our conclusion, we appreciate everyone that, uh, you know, dusted off an old pit sweatshirt that was in there, in a box in their basement or their attic for the first time in a couple years threw on our podcast and uh, rocked with the Panthers for this historic year. And we're, uh, we're not going anywhere, and we're very excited to uh, go on this journey of rooting for 
a good football program. Dylan, take us out. Thank you for listening to the Loyal Sons podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the Loyal Sons and follow us here anywhere you listen to your podcast. We thank you again for joining us through the 2021 season. A magical ride that none of us will soon forget. We look forward to continuing coverage of pit basketball, pit football in the off season, spring game, and whatever else we can think of to talk about for 40 to 50 minutes at a time. Still be loving you. Thank you for coming along on this ride with us, and as always, One hail loyal sons of Pittsburgh. To the sea. Thank you. There will still be you and me. Thanks for winning. Thanks for winning. Kind of woman, I give you my Oh